I mean, when the snow's come down like that, that's uh, probably the right call. Well, I'm I, I, the person I hate. Huh? Oh. Yeah. What? No, I grew up in North Carolina. It was not snowing hard enough to freak out over. Oh, but... yeah. No, no, not at all. But still, to be on the safe side... <clears throat> Oh no! Yeah, like I, I wouldn't important. have, I wouldn't have been freaking out if it's just like I, my fucking tires are shit, dude. Like I knew that traction. Was you and Josh both. Cold. That's all I ever hear about. My tires, this. My tires, this. Bro, if you want to come and take a look at my race car tires, I'll fucking let you look at them all day. I actually had to get a that tire patched yesterday. Almost sounded like an innuendo. Almost, <laughs> it was close. Race car tires. Yeah, and you'll let me look at them all day. <laughs> I actually, I, I went after work yesterday to get my tire patched. It's a euphemism for butthole. Oh. And come to find out, I have wheel locks on my wheels, so the place I went to couldn't take them off. What the fuck is that? What are wheel locks? Um, One of the bolts that holds your wheel in will be like, it'll have like a lock on it, and you need a key to unlock. You need like a really tiny key to unlock it, and they do that so... They quote unquote do that so you can't so people can't like jack your car up and steal your wheel in the middle of the uh, night. Ah, a vehicular chastity belt. But the re- <laughs> but the reason dealerships actually do that is because they don't give you the key and then you can't go somewhere else to have your wheel serviced. You have to go back to the dealership. Oh, that's some lame ass shit. So I took it to the dealership and uh, made a pretty big fucking fuss about it because I was fucking fuming. And they ended up taking the wheel locks off and patching my tire, and they didn't charge me anything. And I was like, that's good, because I wasn't going to fucking pay it. It's y'all's fault. You didn't give me the fucking wheel lock in the goddamn first place. If you guys could have, like, if you guys could become any type of car, what kind of car would you become? Oh, this is like the worst question for me. I'm not going to lie. I don't know shit about cars at all. Yeah, but you know what they look like. You know, yeah, I know what they, they look, look like, like, but... Oh, we're just going off of appearance. Oh, I mean, uh, is this like if I'm a transformer, what do I want to become? <laughs> yeah, yeah, we'll a pretty think about cool it like question, that. honestly. Okay. Um a car or like vehicle? Any vehicle. Any vehicle. Hmm. Mm. Kind of want to I want to be a are are we restricted to size? Uh, I mean, not necessarily. Okay. I kind of want to be. Uh, this is just the first one that comes to my head. This, you know, just me spitballing here. So, uh, not that I put thought into this, but a submarine sounds pretty fucking cool. I was just thinking that you were gonna pick submarine. There's an I don't anime know why, about that. But that was in my fucking head, dude. Um, that's incredible. That is there's, weird. There's absolutely so weird. an anime about that. I ignored you the first time. I don't need to hear it fucking twice. <laughs> um, just wait till we get into the show. <laughs> is this not it? Are we just talking to talk? <laughs> this is business. I was I was trying to be funny. If I knew I could just sh- sit back and shut up, I would have done that. I thought this was for the podcast. And well, I mean, you can do that whenever you want. Really? I try, but then I have to be the one to save the show. Dude, listen. I don't know about that. <sighs> submarine yep am i the only one that's going to answer that josh what what kind of transformer you want to be um i don't know man that's a, that's a tough one like if if i could be anything like any sort of vehicle 
and it could be like a transformer. I'd probably go something like uh, like a like a fighter jet, like Starscream. That seems pretty fucking cool. That was dead ass what I was about to say too. Do you both have some subconscious issues with being slower and you want to be fast and free? You feel like you're pinned down by your day-to-day life and you need to get something that can fly so you can escape from the norm and your everyday literally boring just Monday like the life. last six years of my life. So well, that? How, how old is your kids? Yeah, I was going to say he's, he's saying that because oh, okay. fucking children. I'm saying that because I'm a Sagittarius. <laughs> I hate you so much. <laughs> literally, go fuck yourself. <laughs> I think if I could be a fighter plane, I'd be one of the what what what's the what are the fucking like the stealth planes? They're like a black triangle. You know what I'm talking about? What are those? A bomber. Yeah, that I'd be that. That those are cool. They look like it's pretty cool. You aspire to be a black triangle. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Like this it. is about your subconscious, but <laughs> yeah, we're gonna go deep into your psyche today, Austin. I hope you're ready for it. Well, thanks for giving me therapy. I don't have to pay for it. I guess. No problem, son. Oh, no. Stop it. Hello, everyone! Welcome! Welcome, welcome, yep. welcome to Hunter Pixels. We have a great show for you today. <laughs> He's mad because we didn't clap. <clears throat> We've got a greeting right now that we hope no. will bring a more, uh, dare I say, philosophical discussion to the table. Uh, you know, as opposed to our continued descent into BuzzFeed territory. Um, on top of that. I have an anime to talk about that Austin hasn't seen, which is weird. No, you don't. Um, Dylan has a broken memory. He can't remember things. Uh, he's an old man now. He might have dementia. Uh, Austin, would you guess it? Watched more anime. <laughs> oh. And of course, we talk games such as Spyro, The Dragon, Gundam Breaker 3, and The Medium. All of that and more. I am, of course... Your host, the one, the only Bebop man, Josh McMullen. And joining me as always is none other than my two ravishing co-hosts, Austin Augmented Reality Stevens and Dylan Open World Martin. How you guys doing? Why is he Augmented Reality? Uh, is this because, because he doesn't like his day-to-day life and wants to make like a better life for him so he lives through an <laughs> Augmented version? You know, it's funny that you picked that as my nickname and the theme for this episode is innovation because I actually think that's the one innovation in gaming I think we've taken too far. Well, it's not far enough because I can't get my dick sucked by some virtual... Never mind. But Holy shit. Virtual reality, wouldn't it? What? Uh, I guess. No, what is augmented reality? Augmented, augmented, augmented is Pokemon like, Go, right? Yeah, exactly. Oh, you know? yeah. I'm fucking goofy. I know. <laughs> I meant virtual. Augmented, oh. not so much. I meant virtual. I you want to live in the Digiverse. Uh, yeah. I absolutely think we've taken it too far. You're a fucking madman. I have reasons for that, though. We'll get into it later. Elon Musk is making a biochip that we can put in our heads and we can live wherever we want to. This is too far. Way too far. Well, I don't want to be here anymore. <laughs> uh, I don't think any of us do. Nope. Um, <clears throat> oh, I just meant alive. Sorry. 
Oh, okay. Well, uh, I was going to say just like Rocket Man, but you fucked my transition. <sighs> what is Rocket Man? Is that the old show from Nickelodeon where they all ride around on skateboards? Uh, no, <laughs> but you, I hate you. Uh, what okay. is the name of that show? It's Rocket, Rocket Power. Uh, Power. It is. Yeah. Rocket Power. Uh, no, Rocket Man is the biopic or biopic. Uh, I, oh, Jesus. Did you just make biopic up? No, people actually call it that. Oh, because I've only ever heard biopic, so... Hmm. Yeah, uh, the people who call it biopic are fucking morons, but, you know... Okay. Just... I feel like you're wrong, but I don't know enough to 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 say you're wrong, so... Yeah. Uh, well, anyway, it's about uh, Elton John. Uh, actually, oh. last night. Um, and it's pretty damn good. Uh, there are some problems with it. Like, I feel like parts of it move a little slow. Uh, and there's some stuff that I, like, I don't think, like, some of the actors necessarily do as good a job as they, they probably should. Um, but overall, I thought it was really fucking good. Um, in case you're not aware of who uh elton john is he is uh a what music take it slow i guess there we go whoa you guess i i mean because uh, he he was also like a rock star but he was like i mean yeah he was like but so, i mean like, i don't know what to technically i guess classify. he was the best lead singer of all time for queen what are you talking about I hate you so very much. <laughs> You're such an ass. Uh, anyway, yeah. And it kind of chronicles his whole life up to a certain point, uh, which was basically when he went into rehab, which was... Um, Does it show the part where he dies? Uh, it shows the part where he tries to kill himself. Oh, so there's but no he's one. not dead yet. No, he's not dead. I wondered if it kind of predicted that. Because he's not dead in real life. but uh, Yet. Wow. Boy. Jesus Christ, Dylan. What is with you tonight? God. <laughs> he just wants everyone to die and blah, 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 blah. Just anyway. wait till we get to my topic of the week. Um, so it is. I, did you guys see Bohemian Rhapsody? Yes. Okay. So is it, be, is it better than that? It is. Wait, oh, shit. Wait, did you like Bohemian Rhapsody? I actually thoroughly enjoyed it. Okay, I fucking did not at all. I figured, of course. <laughs> God forbid there I like a movie. Are... <laughs> <Damn>. <laughs> Sitting there in are... the back, I'm not even saying anything anymore. I'm just listening to Dylan's fucking flatback. Right. I will I will say this. I think that the actors give it their all in Bohemian Rhapsody, and that's about it. Uh <laughs> I, I don't think that it is competently edited. I don't think that it is really that all that well directed. Uh, it's got some awesome music sequences. That's cool, I guess. But I just do not think it's all that great. Um, Makes sense. But, and they also did a lot of stuff uh, like that, like, seems, I don't know, like, uh, it, whatever. I'm not going to get into it. it. It seems like completely like fabricated to make like the rest of the band look better, but make Freddie Mercury look like worse and shit like that. But whatever. Um, so uh, with that said, I was kind of pleasantly surprised that they didn't shy away from too much in um, Rocket Man. Like they really like 
showed Elton John being gay, which was, I, you know, they didn't do that with fucking Freddie Mercury in the other one. Like, th- there's a full blown gay sex scene in this movie. Hell yeah. So, I mean, that's cool if that's your sort of thing. Uh, but like, I really, really think that this movie kind of like, I like this one better than Bohemian Rhapsody, but this movie for me also lives and dies much in the same way that other one did by the performance of Taron Edgerton, who is fucking wonderful in this. There are moments that like he got me and it was just with like movement of his eyes or like a, like a little like twitch at the corner of his mouth. Like Taron Edgerton is fucking great. Uh, he's in the Kingsman movies. If you haven't seen those, those are awesome. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, he's, he is fantastic. Uh, another thing that I really liked is that this one kind of went the actual musical route, like their musical numbers. Whereas I feel like, Rocket Man just, or not Rocket Man, uh, Bohemian Rhapsody just was kind of like, here, look at these concert performances or look at them in the studio. But like, this has full blown sequences that are like fantastical and shit. Um, I don't know. I, I really liked it. Like I said, there are some problems with it. Um, but they're kind of minute. Uh, I just, really had a good time with it. It's corny in parts. Uh, it's really fun though. And, uh, I like it. I think it's good. Did you like Mr. Malik's performance in Bohemian Rhapsody? Yes. He was excellent in that movie. He was the best part of that movie. Yeah, I agree. And I was really wondering. Okay. Yeah. I really enjoyed rocket man. We watched it a couple weeks ago. I really liked it. Yeah, Yeah, it's good. I never watched Bohemian Rhapsody. Uh, I just didn't give a fuck about it, honestly. Mm. Well, Queen's probably my favorite band of all time, so I am biased to shit. All time? Yep. Really? Why? Wow. I did not. Did you say why, you son of a bitch? Yeah, it's a really. It's if you see me listening to music, it's probably what I'm listening to. Oh, okay. Uh, Again, I mean, didn't expect that. Yep. I love Queen. Uh, I think Queen's great, but I just, yeah, I was not expecting you to say that. Yep. And Bowie. So imagine my oh, surprise gosh. when I get under pressure. Uh, it's like my favorite thing of all time. Oh, yeah. Well, fair enough. Um, before we start Austin's topic, Austin, I do have a question. Are you talking about the first thing on your list first? That's where I was going because that's the one I find most intriguing. <laughs> yeah, I do too. Oh, Yeah. Okay, That's what are these things with. that you are coming up with or that you are no, joining? No, no, this is the Netflix series literally titled Conspiracy. Oh, God damn it. That's uh, so much less interesting. Yeah, it's, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I've got a lot of those. You, really you guys want to hear those. less interested in this. <laughs> <laughs> if you guys want to hear those, I've got a fuck ton of those. Well, let's, uh, yeah, we don't need a, not, what's his name, Alex Jones? Um, yeah, Alex yep. Jones is here and, uh. <laughs> He wants to know about your conspiracy theories. <laughs> Please I don't fucking love that video of him just like running around the street yelling at people. It's fucking great, <laughs> dude. Mean compilations of Alex Jones. They literally make themselves. They genuinely make them fucking selves. And it's fantastic. 
Um, the anyway. weirdest shit is that he is like a legit. He was a legitimately good journalist back in like the early two thousands. Yeah, it is. Yeah, so it's so fucking weird, man. To see him decline into fucking madness and be a complete moron is wild. <sighs> it's fucking crazy. I guess I shouldn't say that. There are people that genuinely believe in what that man says, and if that's the case, I, I don't know what to tell you, honestly. Uh, but um. Well, why don't you tell me about this Netflix series? I was really excited to watch the series because I, I get super into conspiracy theories. I think they're really fucking, I don't know, like, I, I do I believe in some of them? There's a couple here and there that I'm like, yeah, like, that definitely fucking happened. That I wholeheartedly like believe in. Oh, yeah, JFK, 9-11, all of them. Yeah, I just wholeheartedly believe those. Um, But there are a lot of conspiracy theories that I'm like, I say it out loud like really slowly and you'll realize how fucking stupid it sounded um but nevertheless i was really excited to watch this and i i wholeheartedly think that this this little like hour long like ep- ep- episodical documentary series is the most boring fucking documentary i've ever watched on netflix um i i watched a couple of episodes like i watched the 911 episode i watched the a- alien episode and it was just like they they would give their point and then they would be like, but here's what contradicts that. And they would they they never really specified like what side that they were on, I guess. And I, I don't know. It was just a, it was just fucking I weird like that. I mean, like, yeah, I don't know. It's just the way they presented the information. It was it was off. To me, it was off and it wasn't really coherent at all. Like they, they would be going really deep into one specific story and then they would take like like one specific sentence out of that story and then branch off to a completely different story that was completely unrelated to what they were just talking about. Mm. And I'm like, that doesn't like I'm having a hard time following because it it it's not fucking coherent at all. Um But it if conspiracies are your thing, I, I guess it's cool. Um the 9-11 episode was uh particularly interesting um i'm 9 11 is a touchy subject so i don't really want to go too much into detail on that specifically um but yeah if you like conspiracies check it out i guess maybe you'll find it more entertaining than i did but i i would much rather just go to youtube and type in conspiracy theories and watch a compilation honestly because it's more interesting i'm a big fan of uh ancient aliens I really enjoy Ancient Aliens. I'm not going to lie. Actually not. <laughs> well, either way, I enjoy it. Yeah, I mean, fair enough. Because I wholeheartedly believe in aliens, and so I enjoyed it. I uh, do I do think the episode where there's a specific Ancient Aliens episode where they, like, remap it to the Bible, and I was like, oh, okay, you're reaching. You are really fucking reaching now. But I mean, are they? I know. I think so. Then again, who the fuck knows? Nobody knows. If you claim you do, you're lying. Nobody knows. <laughs> I know everything. I am God. Honestly. Um, well, I guess uh, this is kind of in the similar vein. Dylan. Wait. What is... What is Wait. Th- what? What? I needed to uh, do the other thing first. We're not going to talk about that yet. That's the highlight of my week. Um, what? The I forgot a thing? Because uh, no, well, I know that you have dementia. I'm getting there slowly, truly. I'm starting to worry, quite honestly. My my short-term memory is not good. Um, Build up. Uh, 
I did forget a thing and it has to do with last week's podcast. And I feel like a fucking idiot because if I would have remembered this, I probably wouldn't have chosen Assassin's Creed for my second choice. Um, still, still made by blue point, but I really fucking love the game Dante's Inferno. And I would have chosen that in a heartbeat over any of those games. And I feel like an idiot for forgetting that last week, because it's something that I think about like once a week and I dropped the ball when it came time for our remaster podcast. I completely dropped the ball. Yeah, that's good. That's a good choice. I I like the hell out of Dante's Inferno. It's basically God of War, but with like Dante's Inferno. (laughs) Yeah, and that's what was so fun about it. And the bosses were so cool. I don't know. I really missed that game. And I've been thinking about it all week. And it's like, how do I rectify this? And this was it. Oh, fair enough. Fair enough. Um... Austin. Yes, sir. What is Mobile Suit Gundam The Origin? God damn it. That is a movie uh, compilation that takes Mm. place before the original series, and it came out. uh, Uh, Before you start, I want to tell you, I found your Gundam thing today in Target, but it wasn't the exact number. Oh, okay. I got you. Yeah, so I know exactly. Yeah, I know exactly where they're at now. I just I did not see. I think it's a number nine. Is that right? Yeah, it had, I don't know. I don't know. I think it is honestly. I just yeah, this, the one in your picture is white. Well, no, I just sent you that so you like saw what the packaging looked like. Oh, the picture wait, I you, sent above that is the one is the one that y'all should be getting on like Saturday, I think. Oh, my out. bad. I didn't see that. Okay, okay, yep. okay. I got yep, you. Yep, yep, yep. I I for, I meant to tell you that earlier, but I completely forgot. Oh, okay. Well, word. Well, let me know if you see that one on Saturday. Yeah, I will. Word. Uh, but anyway, it's a it's a seven part like uh, like little movie series uh, that takes place before the original show and highlights the main antagonist and how he grew up and how he became what he is. And I think it's cool. Um, I know a lot of people probably wouldn't because it is seven two hour plus long movies. So I mean. Take that what you will, I guess, if you're into that sort of thing. I fucking watched them all in like two days. So I liked it. It was cool. <laughs> and that's it. Move on that's now. It. Go. <clears throat> okay. Um, Dylan, what's Twitch shit? Um, there's like a clicking in my house and I don't know what it is. It's kind of weird. It's almost as bad as hearing, but I don't know what this one is. Um, Twitch shit. Wait, was that the hereditary noise? Yeah, it was. <laughs> um, Dude, I kind of want to just come to your house now. No, I'd rather you fucking not. Of, <laughs> have a recording of me doing that and just mm. play it every so often. Yes. Let's just, <laughs> let's edge, never mind. We're not going down that route. Uh, what the fuck was I saying? See, dementia. Um, Twitch shit. No, just kind of my weekly Twitch update. Things are going well. Uh, I got my first emote approved yesterday. So that was great because I've been waiting for about seven days. Um, And then I'm five subs away from unlocking emote slot two, and I already have it planned out. So super excited. Things are moving forward. And everyone that uses the emote says it's awesome. So that makes me feel better. But thank you. I appreciate it. Um, Sabrina designed it and she designed the next one as well. Um, But other than that, I mean, things were popping off today. I was having a great time. Tons of people came in to have a chat. I failed my run twice, but that's okay because I'm going to stream uh, longer tomorrow, so I'll get it for sure probably 
most likely tomorrow. But if not, things are just fun. They're moving. They're moving forward slowly but surely. But don't call me Shirley. That is an airplane reference for you youngins. <clears throat> I bet people don't even know what airplane is. Well, you both do because you want to become one in your transformer life. It's, yep, that's it. True. That's it. Uh, oh boy. I feel like this uh, is the show and tell that no one gives a shit about and they fast forward through this part. Yeah. Essentially. Uh, Maybe they like what other never mind. Sorry. I lashed out. That was on me. I mean Fuck the both of you. I like doing this. So go suck the it. podcast. Uh, sure. We'll go with that. Listen, I watched a couple of episodes of Bubblegum Crisis Tokyo 2040. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. Before you go any further, I love how you said that you watched an anime that I didn't watch and that's not true. Uh, well, you see the other day when I told you, oh boy, you should check this out. You were like, mm-hmm. I know. Cause I started it yesterday. It's free on Funimation. So I started it yesterday. Uh, well, still, I'd before you did, so fuck you. I win. Um, it's okay. I didn't really get into it, so probably not. Oh, okay. All right. Cool. Thanks. Thank you for that. that You're welcome. Goddamn son of a bitch. <laughs> uh, okay. So this is an anime that I watched. Um, God. Uh. Seventh grade, maybe eighth. Um, it was, I, I mean, it was a long after. That was at least 20 years ago. Yeah, yeah, right. Uh, oh my god, yeah, I wasn't joking. Oh my god, <laughs> <laughs> I'm about to have like an existential breakdown over here. Holy shit, I totally was not joking. <laughs> oh Jesus my Christ. god, that really was like 20 ish years ago. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> fucking shit. <laughs> okay Uh, well uh so this is a series um that is about four women who dress up in robots called uh god what are they called i I forget what the 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 fucking name of the thing that they get into um is but they call themselves the night sabers and basically what happens is there are these Robots that kind of go around and do manual labor in Tokyo uh, after some sort of like disaster happened. And these robots are called boomers. And every now and then a boomer will go rogue uh, and will basically like attack people and cause like mass destruction and shit. And these night sabers will go and basically like put it in its place and say, fuck you, you piece of shit robot. Um, so... I watched the first three or four episodes, um, and it's not as good as I remember. Uh, I still like parts of it. Uh, like I really like the characters themselves so far. Um, even though, uh, God damn it. What is her name? Um, shit. Lena, there we go. Mm-hmm. Got it. it. She's kind of annoying, but she I I know because I've watched it before that she grows on you. Um, but 
even still, like she's kind of like super annoying in the first, uh, like three or four episodes. And, uh, Pris is kind of like the exact opposite. Like she's supposed to be dark and brooding, but like, she's just kind of annoying in like the exact opposite kind of way. Um, Nene and Silly are fine in the beginning. Uh, and I only grow to like them more, but, uh, yeah, it just, the animation in here is really kind of limited until you get to the fight scenes. Uh, and then like, and you can really tell that like they spent all of their budget on the fight scenes. Like that's yeah. just what happened. Um, I don't know. I, I genuinely remember the beginning of this series a lot more than the end. So I'm excited to get like further along, uh, and see if it, like anything jogs my memory and shit, but, um, yeah, it's perfectly fine right now and maybe it'll get better. Uh, we'll see. But did you say they get into robots? Uh, so they, they get into these suits, um, mm-hmm. that like kind mech of like, suits. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but like they're like form fitting mech suits. Mm. So it's like, uh, so you're watching an alternate version of Gundam? No. I mean, kind of, but like, mm, not really. No. Yeah. I don't know. It sounds the same to me. <laughs> I, I, I'd heard about it before before you said something about it, and I just never watched it. And I started watching it yesterday. Um, I don't, I don't, like, I, I think it's relatively good. I just, I'm, I watched it dubbed, and I think that's where I fucked up. Because the dub is particularly yeah. atrocious. But also yeah. most '90s animes are so. Oh yeah, yeah. Cowboy Bebop is like the lone exception. Um, Cowboy Bebop's dub is actually, even though I'm not a fan of the show, I genuinely think that dub is is passable. I think it's actually pretty good for its time. I, I wouldn't even say passable. I think that's the best dub because most period. most '90s tsunami shows had just atrocious fucking dubs. Boy, so bad. I also didn't know that um, uh, this one specifically is a sequel uh, series. Uh, yes. I didn't know that. That's pretty cool. Yeah. The original came out in like 87. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I, um, I might finish it. I haven't really. I don't know. I, I know if I do, I'm going to have to go and watch it sub, though, because I just Lena specifically, I could not yeah. fucking tolerate yeah, Lena's voice is really fucking grating. <laughs> yeah, it's like really fucking, fucking bad. Uh, Nene's is kind of bad too, uh, mm-hmm. but I give her a little bit more of a pass because she's supposed to only be eighteen. Yeah. So, but like, I just do not get fucking Lena's voice at all. Like, yeah, I, I can't figure out what they were trying to go with with that. So, like, she almost sounds like she has a like a country accent. When she yeah right talks. like and I was just kind of like oh stop yeah I didn't like it didn't like it at all the show itself is pretty rad though on like I like the, the premise I think the art style is really cool I think I really liked it well uh, I think I really liked it when I was younger probably because it was like hot anime chicks yeah, but yeah, like I I like it more now because of the fact that it is like uh, i don't want to say it's like empowering for women like because that i don't know if that's what they were going for in 1998 but i'm probably not 
there is like at the at the end of the very first episode uh like lena is kind of like she's supposed to go out to dinner with this guy from her office or whatever and then while they're there he basically like is like telling her like we're it's going to be uh quid pro quo like he's like basically you're going to have sex with me because i determine who moves up in the company and shit like that and then he like when the first signs of like the boomer going rogue happen he like fucking leaves her in the dust or whatever and then at the very end of the episode she comes in is like yeah i've got something for you and he he thinks that he's like oh shit i'm gonna get late or whatever and then she like punches him directly in his fucking face so i mean yeah that was cool and i like i like the the like i said i don't i don't know if i want to call it female empowerment because it's more or less what that scene was yeah, yeah, and have a better term. I don't know. It, I am going to continue to watch this and see how my feelings evolve. Uh, mm-hmm. I remember loving it, but again, I was also fucking horny little Josh. You know, yeah, I was. I was a twelve-year-old horny little boy. <sighs> he saw titties in spandex and was like, "Yep, this is it, mm. masterpiece." Anime titties in spandex. What more could you ask for? Really, right? Uh, well, last anime talk uh, of the episode. You watched Full Metal Alchemist 03, or you are watching currently? Yeah, I'm. I'm rewatching it because I fundam- fundamentally Brotherhood is better. It, it's phenomenally better. It, it, it the story is more coherent. It makes more sense. But I don't. I I don't think I. Feel as much in Brotherhood as I do in the original. I I like the twist that the original had on it, and and where the ending went. And I I, I honestly like people always compare them, saying Brotherhood is better. And I just I I think that at, at a certain point of of the original, it became such a different story that I really feel like you can't compare them. I mean, they have the same premise, but they also don't at the same fucking time anymore. Like yeah, they, I, they almost feel like two completely different stories just using the same characters. Um, that being said, I genuinely think that the 2003 version is still a classic. I put it up there with like, uh, like for me personally, Full Metal Alchemist 03 is up there with like Dragon Ball and Naruto and Bleach and One Piece because they, they all kind of they all came to the West at relatively the same time. So for me, it's it's up there. Like that's what I remember waking up to, in like early elementary school at like three a.m. on Cartoon Network is Full Metal Alchemist. So mm. yeah, it's and it, it could be nostalgia the reason why I think the show was so good too. But I don't know. I really fucking enjoy it, and I'm excited. I rewatch it at least once a year at this point. I actually rewatch both at least once a year. Mm-hmm. It's just kind of a thing that I do because that was one of the that was one of the first animes I ever really got into and it was actually and Brotherhood was actually the very first anime that Madison ever watched to completion. Oh. So that's what that's that's literally Brotherhood was the show that got her into anime. She said she'd never rewatch it, but she liked it enough to watch it once. Mm, gotcha. So, but it's cool. You've never seen it. I it, if you like anime and you've never at least seen the the original, I absolutely feel like you should. I feel like it, like I said, I feel like it's one of those classics that I feel like everybody should see at least once. Well, better into anime anyway. So, yeah. Well, 
Dylan's not into anime, but he's into serial killers. Funny enough, that I we were talking about Samurai Champloo earlier, um, mm-hmm. not in this podcast, but uh, Full Metal Alchemist is the original. I've never seen Brotherhood, but Full Metal Alchemist, the original, is uh, probably top three as well. I love it so much. It's. I think it's fantastic. It really is, and I'm like because I've never seen Brotherhood. That's the only story I know, and I think it's beautiful. Yeah. Have you ever seen um, the movie? No, I haven't. You should. It's pretty good. Takes I place immediately well. after. Okay. Yeah. I guess I'll have to then see the. It's still up. a sad ending. Don't don't expect. Oh, that good. Happy Great. One. Don't That's expect fine. a happy one. It's still a sad one. That's. I I, I like feeling sad. It makes me. It reminds me I have emotions. Yes. Um, Which is great because serial killers generally do not or are devoid of many emotions. But no, the pod, uh, it's, a, it's, a, it's a podcast and I've been listening to it for... Oh, is it just <sighs> called Serial Killers? Yeah, Serial Killers, I think is what it literally is called. Um, and it literally is what it talks about. It's two people um, breaking down in generally a two-part episode of the psyche of serial killers. And I think it's absolutely fascinating. Um, it is just serial killers. I had to look it up. <clears throat> um, literally go into not only all of the, you know, infamous ones in the U S but they go across into Europe as well and cover a, a just a myriad of, uh, vicious killers throughout all of history. um, people whose names still ring today in some way, shape or form. And it's really interesting. Um, neither one is a psychologist, but they are very well versed in the psychology of serial killers. And, um, they do a lot of research on what they're talking about. And it really shows it almost feels like a true crime television show, but it's being played into your ears. Um, like occasionally they'll have like, uh, dramatizations of people speaking, you know, certain individuals speaking and stuff. And it kind of like, if you're just listening to the podcast by itself, it it takes you to another place and you kind of get in, get immersed a little bit and it's nice. And that's what I've been listening to literally all week. And it's, it's a fascinating thing. It's kept me going at work and learned a lot because I think that's the most interesting uh, thing for normal people. It's just the, the, the questions that you always want to know, it's like why and how, and they do a good job of answering that. And some of the most famous cases too. So really recommend it. It's not my pick of the week, but I recommend it. Yeah. Oh, oh, well breaking the rules. I see. Well, I just followed um, suit honorable leader. <laughs> I mean, fair enough. Yeah. Yes. Sabada bitch. Um, <laughs> thanks dad. Thanks dad. All right. Well, uh, I guess with that said, let's move into the topic of this show. Um, Innovation. It's a term that's tossed around an awful lot. And uh, despite it having a tangible definition, it is often far more nebulous in conversation. Uh, What do we actually mean when we say innovation? And even has... Boy. (laughs) We're going to learn to talk one day. One day. Uh, and even having said that, what are the parameters that we place upon that definition? Is The Last of Us Part Two the most innovative game of all time because it's minute attention to detail with every single animation being painstakingly detailed? Or is 
Hades an innovative masterpiece because of all the tweaks it made to a genre, thus spinning it on its head. Uh, what about Final Fantasy IV that invented an entirely new way of enhancing turn-based RPGs? Uh, innovation is something that is rarely ever discussed in any detail, but it's exactly what we plan to do for you today. So strap in and let's get ready for some philosophical ramblings. Uh, so I am currently bringing up the definition for innovation. Okay. Uh, and it says... It's when someone invents something. What? It's when someone invents something. Uh, no, that that would be called inventing. Oh. <laughs> Sorry, it's dyslexia. Uh, it says the... God damn it, dictionary. Uh, it says the action or process of innovating. Awesome. So what... <laughs> There you go. If you use the word in the definition itself, then like, God damn. Uh, but to innovate means making changes in something established, especially by introducing new methods, ideas, or products. So I think where this conversation started for me, at least was we were having, uh, a conversation in one of, one of the discords that I'm in, about specifically uh, the podcast that that uh, Discord is dedicated to, one of the guys was just fucking going off about how The Last of Us Part Two was the most innovate, innovative game of all time. And the to me, I was like, when we were talking about this, I was like, okay, because this this kind of went into a different conversation initially, but it was like, what is game of the year? Like game of the year is they were speaking in the context of like what their game of the year was. And he was like, it's the most innovative, but like in that sense, like it's you're, you're not voting on game of the year. If the, if your parameters are the most innovative, then you're voting on what's the most innovative. But then to me, when we were talking about this, the I was like, is the last of us part two, even the most innovative game of 2020? Like, I don't, I don't necessarily think that it is like personally, I, I think that, uh, I mean, I, I laid it out in the intros, but I think that Hades does a lot more innovation than the last of us part two does. I mean, it adds a complete like mechanic to the, the roguelike structure that makes it, have a story that is compelling and like actually loops back into the, it, it like it feeds back into the gameplay loop. Uh, or, you know, you have final fantasy seven that does a like to me. If I we were looking at games of 2020, I think that final fantasy seven is, or final fantasy seven remake is probably the most innovative game to come out last year. I mean, it completely revitalizes the turn-based genre into like an action RPG that still feels comfortable being played by people who love turn-based RPGs. I mean, not only that, but like you, I don't necessarily care for where the story goes and at the very end. And I feel like meta has been done before, but like also this is a game that comes completely speaks in a meta nature to like the 
fundamental differences that like fan bases have with the product that they are a fan base of and like how that goes into like development and shit like that. And I like, I don't know, like to me, there's so many little things that final fantasy seven does to make it more innovative than anything that the last of us part two did. But I am, I've been rambling. So let me ask you guys, I guess I'm, what does innovation specifically mean to you in the context of gaming? Uh, I mean, but that's the problem though. It's like, it's not just defined to one thing. It's like last year you can say final fantasy seven did great things, but you're right. So did Hades. And so did even Valorant. Valorant came out last year and that completely innovated, you know, people think of counter-strike and it's a pretty straightforward thing, but Valorant came along and literally combined Valorant and fucking Overwatch and they completely innovated how that genre is looked at. Um, and it's pretty fucking spectacular. But then you look at what Bluepoint did with Demon Souls and while it's just a ground up, you know, remaster, I've never seen the the lighting and just the overall beauty of a game like Demon Souls created. So it's like they did something and now I, I can't say anything for Final Fantasy VII. It's, I know it looks pretty, but that's about all I know. But I think Demon Souls is beyond that to me. I think they truly innovated how I think a remaster should look or whatever you want to call it. I think innovation goes more than just this or that. I I didn't play The Last of Us Part Two, but I think they did some great things in it too. I think games are always being innovated in some way, shape, or form. But what that is, I guess, is dependent upon the game to me. Mm-hmm. Fair enough. Austin, do you have anything to add to that? Um, I don't know. Like when I think about innovation, I typically just think about like um, stuff like quality of life improvement, stuff that like, uh, like like when a ser- like when I think of a series innovating, like a new entry in a series innovating itself from previous entries, it's just like making it more accessible for more people. I guess, like that, okay. like that's what comes to my mind when I think about in- innovation. That's where we're. That's where we are now, for sure. A, a lot of people are focusing on the, not even necessarily quality of life, but mm-hmm. accessibility for more people. I think that's something that's being looked at strongly now too. Um, but there are certain, huh? Well, I was gonna say, and if you like, to to me, the most innovative stuff that the Last of Us Part Two did was for sure its accessibility options, like. I think I read an article that said that it was beaten by a blind person. Mm-hmm. Like that's pretty cool. That's fucking crazy. Like, yeah, I read that, that too. That sort of stuff, like, is for sure innovative. I, I, I don't want to put it out there like it's not, but like accessibility, I think, is definitely one of the next frontiers for innovation. And mm-hmm. The Last of Us Part Two did a, a like a giant step forward for that. Yeah, my Microsoft's doing great work with accessibility and getting mm-hmm. m- more games to more gamers that don't necessarily have that option. But uh, I think with innovation too, there are certain key contenders throughout our gaming lifetime that truly have changed the game, no mm-hmm. pun intended in some way, shape or form. I think if we look back to one of the games we were talking about last week, if we look at Assassin's Creed, I can't think of another game that ever lets you have traversability the way that Assassin's Creed did. And like what they said in E3 is kind of true. If you can see it, you can climb it or something like that. It was 
pretty cool. I mean, you you had movement in a way you had vertical scaling in a game. Like, yeah, I'm sure you could climb in games prior to that, but look at what that evolved into and look at how fast forwarding to Assassin's Creed. Now look at literally everywhere you can go. I mean, if you can touch it, you can climb it type of thing. And that was pretty innovative for its time. Um, back in, what was that? Was that 07? Uh, yes. Yeah. So, but then other games too, like what the fuck is rocket league? Who thought of combining cars with soccer? That shit in itself was innovative and because no one in the world thought to do that except yeah. for them. Psionics. It's like, that's such a great, fantastic concept that now has blown up into something monumental. And I think games like Assassin's Creed and things like Rocket League are truly innovative in what they do. And they're key contenders for, uh, for the word innovation. But again, it's, subjective it means something new to everyone almost because i don't know that's just the beauty of it anything can be innovated you just have to have the brain power for it right <laughs> mhm yeah yeah didn't uh didn't microsoft make a make a gamepad like specifically for certain types of yeah, disabilities it's the adaptive yeah. controller yeah and that's fucking awesome that's, that's innovative really in terms really of tech cool. yeah and and that goes back to what i was saying making making gaming just more accessible to more people because without sure. without without that, there 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 there's a group of people who genuinely wouldn't be able to enjoy the same things that we do. That mm-hmm. that you know stuff stuff that we. It's don't really think cool about seeing those things granted. used. Yeah, like it is. Like I've people post to Reddit all the time and say stuff. Like, I mean, my fiance taking advantage of the Microsoft Adaptive Controller and stuff like that, and you can see them playing it, and they they have the a, just a huge smile on their face. It's beautiful. Yeah, so I, I think it. Microsoft's leading the innovation in the tech like that for accessibility. It's really cool to see. Mm-hmm. I think Microsoft is honestly on the forefront of almost everything that, like since their inception, they've kind of been on the forefront of innovation. Like broadband connection, like in in regards to like Xbox Live, mm-hmm. that was something that no one was really doing. Like the Dreamcast had like a ethernet port in the back, but like it would only let you use dial up PS two had the same thing. They had like a little adapter piece, but it was only for dial up like Microsoft built the ethernet port into their console and then said, all right, you can game over like online with other people. Uh, you have to have a broadband connection for it though. That's like a, a huge fucking deal. They were way ahead of everybody else on that. Yeah. Or you take a look at like, um, like the xCloud stuff. They've been developing xCloud for like a really long time. They had already talked about it before fucking Stadia was announced, before Amazon Luna was announced. Like they were really way ahead of time on that. Or you take a look Game at Pass. Game Pass. Like like how fucking innovative is that? Mm-hmm. I I really think that Microsoft has often dealt a shitty hand because of the the bias of gamers towards PlayStation and Nintendo, but Microsoft in the last twenty years has been at the forefront of like moving everything forward. Yeah, I agree. And, and I also want to put out there that that is not saying that like Nintendo and PlayStation aren't innovative because they definitely fucking were. PlayStation being like 
having the knowledge and the foresight to be like, oh, disc-based gaming is the way to go going forward. Like, during the time, like, cartridges were fucking everything, man. Like, everyone was on that bandwagon. Even as recently as their new controller is innovative in terms of tech. Yeah, the haptics. Like, I mean... And now so one of someone's working on, I thought it was Sony. I, I briefly read something recently, but it's like an AI that learns how to beat you in the games that you're playing. It's like an AI that learns how you play and it will be like learning how to beat you. I don't like that don't at like all. That. I don't like that at all. But it's pretty <laughs> sick to think about because it oh, forces yeah. you to get better. For I sure. think it's Sony. I, I don't even, it was on Reddit, of course, but so take that worth a grain of fucking salt. But yeah, if that is true, that's pretty fucking awesome because it's going to change difficulty in games going forward. But Nintendo is pretty cool too. Like whether you like that, yeah, whether you like the design of the Switch or not, that was a really cool idea, especially because it's like, hey, we don't need a handheld anymore. Now we have a handheld and a fucking console that you can play either way you want to. If you're playing at home and you're ready to go, like you're going to sit on the car, the train, the bus, whatever. Just fucking pick it off the dock and you can take it with you and pick up right where you left off. That's really cool. They did great with that. I would have yeah, said the or, Wii U was innovative uh, if it had more than, you know, a five foot fucking range to it. Well, yeah, the, the Wii U was definitely the Switch prototype for sure. Mm-hmm. And like it doesn't get enough credit for that because it was mostly like bad with like zero games on it. <laughs> no, it's not. It, it had games. Just not uh, anything new. It, it did have some games. Like, uh, they're re-releasing uh, Super Mario 3D World on the yeah. Switch this month. Mm-hmm. And I, I really loved that game. Uh, or, you know, the Wind Waker remake and stuff like that. But Or what about uh, another thing that Nintendo did? Like, what about the tiny retro consoles with, like, loaded with games? Yeah. Who the fuck was doing that? Like... Not really anyone, to be honest with you. I mean, you had like the stuff like the um, uh, like the Namco machines and shit like that. But like yeah. it wasn't it wasn't anything that anyone was really paying attention to. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Uh, or I, I mean, fuck it. Like they were the first ones to add like multiple buttons to their consoles with the with the uh, SNES. Right. Like, yeah, they had the the fucking not really triggers but they had like the shoulder buttons and then they had uh, xyab and then they had the start and the select like nintendo for as much shit as i've probably given them they are very very innovative in what they do mm-hmm. i agree you're also a nintendo fanboy so <laughs> <laughs> this is true this is very uh, true so, I mean, I, we kind of touched on it a little bit before, but like, what do you guys think about like, I mean, in terms specifically of gaming, like mm-hmm. or games, what, what do you guys look for when you think about like innovation in, in like the video games themselves? I mean, it's, it's just, I mean, I really said it with Assassin's Creed that, took my I mean action adventure game and it took it to another level because that's something that I hadn't really experienced before. Mm-hmm. It gave me the game might have been a little repetitive, but when you're exploring this giant world, 
not only on a horizontal scale, but a vertical scale. I mean, that's something that I hadn't experienced for the time and it completely changed what I wanted out of a game. And that's still where I sit today. I mean, Valhalla is beautiful and I love it and I enjoyed spending so much time in there. And it all started with that one little innovative game back in 2007 that just completely took over for me. Mm -hmm. Mm. For me, it's like, you know, like I don't, I don't know what went through y'all's heads when y'all were kids playing, playing like a fucking, well, I guess when you guys were kids, you probably weren't playing game cubes because you guys are a little bit older than me. But, um, <laughs> Like, like I would play, like I would play a GameCube game as a kid. And when I was like really, really young and I would, um, this, God, this might've just been due to a toxic household now that I fucking think about it. Um, but like I, I would genuinely sit there and in my brain, I would more or less like imagine myself as the main character experiencing all these things. And I feel like with innovation, we've come so far in, in just gaming technology in general that if you have if genuinely if you have the right kind of setup, you can genuinely feel like you are in these fucking places that you're exploring. Mm -hmm. Like, so you know you, what I mean? Like, I think immersion, I think immersion in gaming has come a long fucking way, even in the last 10 fucking years. So it's funny you say that because while you began talking, the first thing that came to my mind after what I just spoke about was immersion. And it's like, that's something that I do look forward to, like experiencing in a new game is how I'm going to get immersed. I think you're right. It's, it's evolved so much in a very, you know, pretty quick amount of time, really, because we keep getting these great innovations in games that make you more immersed. And it, it's little stuff from like small, minute details in the world. Like it could be sound, right? Like you could be exploring uh, a world, whatever it is, but then you're walking along and let's just say like you can hear your boots crunching over broken glass or something like that. Like it's small things like that. It's attention to detail, something I think the last of us does exceptionally well. I think it's small stuff like that that brings you even further and further into these games. And that's what I do look forward to. And in terms of innovation, it's it's stuff like that that gets you immersed. I think that's a that's a fantastic point, more so than, you know, just in-game mechanics that are being taken to the next level, like traversability in Assassin's Creed. I think that what Austin said is truly what's more important for me is is the details that take you further yeah. into the worlds that you're playing like uh well, one of my biggest examples that i can draw from was uh that's recent anyway was uh playing spider-man on the ps4 for the first time like i they, there has not been a single spider-man game maybe with the exception of spider-man 2 but i played spider-man 2 on the psp like way back in the day and i really don't fucking remember it all that well um, I know everybody like hypes it up as like the god of Spider-Man games, but I, I don't maybe it was. I don't fucking know. Um, <laughs> but like playing playing Marvel Spider-Man for the first time, like getting to the highest building in the city and then just jumping straight off like there, there was such an attention to detail and everything going on around me that like when I jumped from that rooftop, I genuinely like. I genuinely got that like that that almost numbness feeling in the soles of my feet that I I was too high <laughs> off ground, and like like that like that's what I want like I want games to make me feel like that I want games to make me sweat 
and my fucking hands and my feet tingle like I that I want that I want that immersion and I feel like in that aspect like I've already said I feel like in that aspect we've we've come such a long way even in the last 10 fucking years and it, it's incredible and I I really it's kind of hard for me to process where we can go from here um cuz I just I feel like we've come so far in such a short time that we're just kind of like all right we have 8K gaming now, even though our eyes physically can't process it. <laughs> Where do we go from here? You know what I mean? Like, I don't know. Like, what's the limit? Uh, well, you know, uh, you were saying earlier that you <laughs> you thought that VR was too far, but I mean, that's... Oh, I, I wholeheartedly think VR is too far. Uh, well, we'll agree to disagree because I like some of the implications of VR. No, okay. okay, before we move on. I, w- I want to explain that a little bit. Okay. I don't necessarily think that VR gaming is too far. Like, I, I that that's fine. I think that's fine. I don't really care about that. It's not for me. I genuinely don't enjoy it. But Are you going to start talking about care. fucking VR porn, dude? No. Oh, Jesus okay. Christ, no. That's okay. fucking cool. Jesus. Why would I? No. <laughs> Are you joking? It's fucking awesome. Oh, um, I'm just kidding. I've never tried that. I would never attempt to put a virus on an expensive VR headset, so I'm good. <laughs> um, but like, uh, like a couple months ago, I was reading an article that uh, there were there was this like VR engine that uh, some that this family what what the fuck ever. I don't really know the background specifics, but uh, this family had kind of made up, and it, it it allowed the mother to see and talk to and visit her, her deceased eight-year-old like on a daily basis. I think that's really cool to an extent. I also think that that's taking something way too fucking far and it will turn unhealthy at a point. And that's the, uh-huh. that's, that's why I think VR has, has maybe overstepped its bounds a little bit because I can see how something like that would be therapeutic, but it, it, it's how you allow your brain to handle it. Like there, there comes a point where it's like, okay, this is going too far. You know what I mean? Yeah. But isn't that kind of on the person to like recognize what is real and what's not? It is, but I, I don't know, man. I feel like VR has gotten so detailed. It might be hard to tell the difference for some people, especially if you're going through something like grief, you know what I mean? Like maybe something like psychosis starts to set in and it's kind of hard to tell the difference. Yeah, I mean that's that's totally fair. I um, that's my biggest fear behind behind VR tech. That's totally a viable thing too, because I I struggle on a day to day basis figuring out what's real and what's not. So I, you know that makes it a little harder. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I I like the implications of stuff like being able to, uh, like go to a concert that's only in a certain area that I will never be able to attend otherwise. You know what I mean? Or seeing family members across the country. Yeah. You know what I mean? So far. Like, that kind of stuff is really <laughs> fucking cool to me, but, uh, I don't know. I like that. We just glossed over my probable psychosis and we're like, yeah, that's, that's oh, no, we did. <laughs> that was great. Isn't that what we do every week? We talk about like real shit, but then we're just like, Oh yeah, cool. Whatever. Like, whatever. yeah. Moving on. One of us would just disappear off the podcast one day. Not sure who it'll be at this point. Uh, probably me? Question mark. Hopefully not. Uh, yeah. Uh, oh yeah, we were talking about innovation, right? Wow, I forgot about them. Holy shit, we had a whole topic and it just got fucking derailed. Oh, huh? Yeah. Oh wow. Uh, what the hell was that? Was that was that the Baymax sound? Blah, 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 blah. I think so. Yeah. 
That's what you did. Great movie. It is a great um, movie. It's like Gundam. No, it's not. It's, it's not. <laughs> it's not at all. Just like Gundam. Baymax is basically a Gundam. <laughs> Austin is like fucking fuming right now. Like, uh, currently. Okay, well... uh I don't know if there's anything else that could really be said. I mean, I'm sure we could find other things to say, but um, and this, so, was a, <laughs> this was a very deep topic. I mean, but the, realistically, it is a deep topic, and that's what's yeah, so cool about innovation is that it's it things are always changing. Of course, we sit here and think now, well, what else can possibly change? Like we're so far. Mm-hmm. And from where we've come from, what can possibly be next? But luckily, that's not really up to us. We are the ones that get to experience the innovation, but other people have to do the hard work. We're just the ones that are sitting here with our hands open waiting for it. And I mean, thus far, just in the past year alone, we've seen some crazy stuff. I wouldn't have told you that we would have had a game like Hades or The Last of Us 2 or Ghost of Tsushima or Final Fantasy VII Remake, or Demon Souls, or Valorant. It's like we had a lot of games that did at least something a little bit different. Yeah. And it makes me optimistic for the future because innovation isn't slowing down. It's almost seemingly progressing a little bit. And maybe 2020 was a special year. Maybe we spent more time inside, focused more on these games a little bit deeper than we might have normally. I don't know. But it seems like we hit a great point last year in terms of innovation. Even if one game was a small step at a time, we're still going up at this point. We haven't started to plateau. We haven't started to go down. We're still going up. And it's just about what's next. Yeah. Yep. For sure. Cool. Uh, Well, as that is the end of said topic, why don't we go ahead and... Why don't we um, talk about what we've been playing, fellas? Uh, let's switch it up. Dizzy, why don't you go first? I have been playing Spyro. No, no shock there. Um, <laughs> that's gonna probably that's just going to be on the list for the rest of the year, probably. Um, but I've gone back to Spyro One because I'm going rest to of the year. It's fucking February. Yeah, I know. Trust me. I'm not happy with where this is going. Oh, my God. The trilogy is going to suck ass, dude. I can't lie to you. But that's where we're going, right? That's mm-hmm. why I'm playing the game. I'm learning the first game a little more. I'm going to re-get the run that I already got because going back and watching it, I'm not happy with some of the methods I use. So I'm kind of striking worlds first from my record book until I get this run because I've solidified it a little more. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm going to make it to where... It's like a pure run. There's no, I didn't necessarily take a bad shortcut, but something I did in the run was like, you know what? I could do that better. And that's what I'm doing now. That's why I'm trying so hard to get this because I I want it for sure. I want it badly. I've tasted it already. Now I truly need to get it. And then I can go back into Spyro 2 and pick up from where I left off. But um, yeah, just continuous, continuous diving into Spyro right now. So on my reignited trilogy, Let's see, we're recording this on Tuesday. So next Tuesday, if we record, not sure. 
Um, I have 96.8 hours played on Steam for Spyro, so we'll see where that goes next next time that we record. Shit. Yeah. God damn. Well, Jesus. I mean, I'm glad that you found something that you like. <laughs> Thank you. It took 29 years, but I'm here. Fair enough. Uh, Austin, tell yes, me about the like Breakers podcast. I know. <laughs> I got you. To be honest, we probably all don't. We probably hate it all. You know what, guys? Oh, let's just let's just turn it in. We fucking hate this shit. Let's fucking end it all. I almost left the the Discord like I did earlier, but I didn't want you know I didn't want to halt the the progress. But it would have been perfect comedic timing, so that's why I'm just throwing it out there. Right. Okay. Yeah. Uh, Austin, tell me about Gundam Breaker. Laugh, you shit. Ha 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 ha. You didn't clap for me earlier. <laughs> I'm still not over that. Correct. We we did not clap today. Clap that ass later. Uh huh. Clap them cheeks. Oh my god. All right. <laughs> Gun to Breaker Three. <laughs> Are you done? Are you guys sure you're done? I, I don't know. We'll moment. probably throw into some more sexual probably those here in a second. That's fine. I'm always down for those. Um. Uh, Gun and Breaker 3 is pretty cool. I don't know. Like, I, I don't... It's a fucking model kit game at the end of the day. Uh, you pretty much just unlock model kits and you just kind of build your own and fight in virtual reality and it's cool, I guess. I, I, I fucking enjoy it. I actually think it's really fun. Um, it if, if it does anything else other than just be, like, a, a fun little pastime that I can play for, like, 30, 45 minutes... Um, it has genuinely helped me get ideas for like custom builds that I actually really want to do. Cause like I can actually take those model kits in the game and do that and paint them how I want to and give them cool color schemes that I want to. And it, it can kind of show me like, it can kind of show me like what the finished product would be. Um, and also it fucking, uh, you, it's really detailed with the painting that you can do. Like you can do like chipping effects. You can do like battle damage and weathering and rust and shit like that. And it, it's cool. So for that, it's cool. That's mostly what I've been playing it for. Honestly, is just to give me ideas for future builds. But it's fun. I wish it would have been released here in America, and I didn't have to go through as much bullshit as I did to buy it. But <laughs> uh, luckily enough, I, I I download. I made a Singapore PlayStation Network account and. The night that I made it, they actually had Gundam Breaker 3 on sale for $10 when it's normally $50 US dollars, so that was cool. So I was able to snag it for goofy cheap. Um, if I tried to import it, it would easily would have been 70 or 80 bucks. so I'm glad I was able to do that. But it's cool. That's it, though. If you're not a Gundam fan, you're not going to fucking care. Oh, so it's like Gundam. Yeah, pretty fucking... <laughs> Moving on. Moving on. Uh, So... I bought and played the first mission of Hitman 3. Do you guys want to know how uh, how good it went? Did you just say you bought the first mission? Oh, well, no, I bought Hitman 3 and then I played the first mission. Oh, my God. I thought you had to pay mission by mission. Holy fuck. No, no. that That's Hitman 1. And uh, I think Hitman 2, they released all at once. Ew. But Hitman 1 was episodic. Well, all right. Anyway, how did how did Hitman Three go? Uh, not very good. I died multiple Fuck. times. <laughs> oh, but was it fun? Oh, uh, so I 
Metal Gear Solid is my favorite game of all time, right? Uh, and yep. I can, I was telling you the other day that I was thinking about like, um, cause you were like, oh, what's your challenge going to be or, or whatever. I was like, uh, or asking me what I could do as far as a challenge goes. And I was like, oh, well, I could probably get through the game without killing anyone other than like, you know, obviously the boss characters that it makes you, uh, kill. Oh my God. You all right? Oh, God. God. Yeah. <laughs> I, had I was like, is his mic there. cutting out or what? <laughs> no, I had a mini. You having smoke. a heart attack? Do we need to call 911? Uh, um, so. Um, oh, my God. I, well, yeah, I got sidetracked because I couldn't remember kill. And then I was like, wait, what the fuck was I talking about? I don't even remember what I was talking about. Metal Gear Solid. Okay. Anyway, so I could probably make it through that game what? without. What? Nothing. Go on. No, he was talking about Metal Gear. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Go on. Okay. Yeah. Go on. Anyway, I was saying that I could probably make it through that game without killing anyone other than like the boss characters uh, that are kind of like, you know, required to to die. Um, Well, anyway, so I really love that game, but stealth games in general, I, I actually uh am not that great at and hitman is kind of a stealth game through and through mm-hmm. and uh so far i have gotten kind of close to having beaten the fir- first mission like i've killed one of the two targets uh but every time i get to the second target something will fuck up and i just immediately go to guns blazing mode which is kind of like what happens to me in uh, Metal Gear Solid. Like if any point I fuck up, it's like, okay, well I'm just killing everything now and you can't really do that in Hitman three. Um, but yeah, I've only played like the first mission and uh, I really like it. I really like how silly it is. Like these games do not take themselves seriously at all. It's not like you're playing like this fucking stealth masterpiece that like requires you to like be like really into it's like really heady story and shit like that. Mm-hmm. And uh, like just for instance, so during the first mission, when you walk out of like the first little like uh, area, so to speak, you are in a like sort of like a, I don't know what you would really call it, but like, like, a suit that you jumped out of a fucking plane in (laughs) and you walk through this curtain and like you change into a business suit within like two seconds. And it's just kind of like, ah, ha ha. You know what I mean? It's not taking itself seriously at all. And there's tons of goofy shit in here. Like I can throw, uh, like a wrench and it'll knock people. (laughs) It'll fucking knock people down. (laughs) so it's the saints row of hitman games yeah yeah it's so i don't know i I, it's goofy it i'm i'm liking it so far even though i haven't been able to fucking complete the first mission um yeah hitman (laughs) three i so is that is the goofiness like a new thing to just hitman three uh i mean I was never really into this series before these new games. And even these mm. new games, like I played Hitman one, 
because uh, they gave it away with games for gold. And I was like, uh, I kind of don't really get this. Like, yeah. people are saying it's good, but like, I'm just bad at it. And it's kind of making me like not want to play it. Mm-hmm. But then I, I went back and gave it a second chance. I was like, oh, okay, this is kind of good. But like up until these new ones, I was never really a fan. So maybe it yeah. was, but I don't know. Yeah, I, I genuinely don't know. Hmm. Well, interesting. Yeah. So I'll, I'll be putting more time into it for sure. And then we'll. Uh, I'll have some full thoughts once I've beaten it. Uh, but Dylan, mm. you have been playing Minecraft, correct? Yeah, I have. I well, I in two in two fashions. Yes, um, I joined a server with a bunch of the lads from the uh, challenge running community. But beyond that, I'm taking Minecraft, and I'm slowly. Very slowly, because Spyro takes precedent, but I'm slowly learning to do a Minecraft no-hit run. And that's super fun. Um, The goal is, I mean, it's pretty simple. You spawn on a random seed, and the the objective is to beat the Ender Dragon. I mean, you got to do it without taking a hit. The average run, I think, is three hours. I could be wrong. Um, But the cool thing is, is that the guy that... I uh, got the run in the first place. He is helping me through it right now and learn a little more about the run itself. Uh, he got the first first one, I believe. So now I'm just kind of pacing myself through it. Um, a little bit of it comes down to luck because you got to like find a village in the run pretty quickly. So I don't know. There's a lot of mechanics. It's totally different than Spyro. Um, I mean, if you know Minecraft, you know how hard not getting hit by fucking anything is. Um, you yeah. can take environmental damage like uh, lava, or maybe I think even falling is okay, but you can't actually be hit by something, which is great. Um, if I can do this run, I told myself I would go back and do no damage, which is no falling, no environmental, and no hits from enemies, which is going to be crazy, but I have to do the no hit first, which is going to be a lot of fun. But I've just, I mean, I've been delving back into it. I love playing it on the PC with the shaders and everything. It looks beautiful. It looks like a whole new game. I mean, literally. It's it's a beautiful experience, um, but that's been taking my off time outside of Spyro and my practice for Spyro, even off stream. It's just Minecraft having a good time. Oh, yeah. I haven't played Minecraft in a fucking minute. Yeah, I was actually thinking about uh, the next time that we stream together, we should uh, couldn't at the very least consider Minecraft. Yeah, I was promised uh, Apex. Oh, oh, I mean, yeah, yeah. You you were promised that, and I'm not okay. down. But Thank I just you. wanted to throw it out. Yes, I I would like that, but I would really like Apex. I'm only down with doing Apex if you promise to take a night to actually play with me and show me how to actually play that fucking game. Oh, okay. I thought you were going to say if I played Fortnite, but no, I'll totally play uh, that. Oh, uh, well, I can tell you how to play it, Austin. It's basically like works? Fortnite, but not. <laughs> Don't irritate me. <laughs> the jokes are getting out of hand this episode. Dude, that just pissed both of you off, I hope. <laughs> it kind of did. Yeah, that was a two for one. All right. Honestly. Uh, and, well... Yep, that's uh, the show. That's it. We are done. <laughs> that's the second time we've made that joke. Uh, uh, uh. It's been a day. 
It yeah, it, it really has. It's it really has. <laughs> um, which is why we're uh, really loosey goosey and like loosing our. It is yeah. Um, I'm always right. loose. Your butthole, right? Uh, either. Oh, okay. Huh? If it's not your butthole, what else would it be? You want to talk about this now? Yes. Actually, yes, I do. <laughs> Is your I am huh? What are I you medium know. interested? I'm I'm genuinely inter- interested now. But so more than medium. Oh, I hate you. <laughs> <laughs> Done with this. Uh so this week has been kind of crazy for me and I didn't get a whole lot of time to do anything. Um, I mean, I, I watched a couple of episodes of Bubblegum today actually. Cause I just bought it. Like, uh, if it wasn't yesterday, it was two days ago. Um, we watched rocket man last night, uh, cause Kayla wanted to watch it. And then, um, Oh, well at least you're a good boyfriend. <laughs> uh, and then, uh, all of the gaming that I got in, I kind of got in today. Uh, it was just a crazy fucking week. Um, but so I played the medium for a little bit more today and, um, I, all of the stuff that I said last week still stands. Uh, I'm just, I don't know what's going on with this game, but I'm just not feeling it the way that like, I was kind of hoping I would, uh, which mm-hmm. is, oh, I mean, really the way that you're feeling now is how I felt with Cyberpunk. Really? See, yeah. Well, never mind. I'm not going to get into that bag of worms because I, I I played it well after you did. Mm-hmm. Um, and I also didn't have any expectations for it. I, I had quite a lot coming from The Witcher Three. Yeah. Uh, anyway, anyway, aside from shitty games, <laughs> it's not shitty. Um, anyway, I just don't fucking know what it is about this game that's turning me off so much. I, the story seems like it could be going somewhere really fucking cool. Uh, and like that, um, I am a big fan of where the stories have gone in the other Bloober team games. Um, I think that the visuals in this game are really stunning. Like some of the environments are really fucking like, holy shit, this is totally beautiful in a weird and sad kind of way. And the, the, I want to say the characters are good, but I've only met like two or three, two or three of them. So like, I don't, I don't know. I'm just, I I'm going to have to play more of it obviously but like there there's just so like so far the game's been kind of boring and it doesn't like there's no real narrative drive for the character like there is now but like it it doesn't really make a whole lot of sense of why she is where she is in the first fucking place and I I don't know I I'm going to play more and then I'll have some full thoughts uh hopefully Hopefully next week I'll have some some fuller thoughts. But uh, as of right now, I'm not. It's sadly it's my least favorite blooper team game. 
And uh, that, is that sad. sucks because I, I was really excited about this one. But oh, yeah. Anyway, no more. No, no more. Um, Austin, it says here that you have a Play Asia disclaimer. Yes. Yes. Is this where I learn about Singapore? No. I mean, maybe. Okay. Maybe? I don't know. Um, So I started thinking about this uh, yesterday because I was looking at uh, games I I was thinking about pre-ordering through Play Asia. And I wanted to mention this at least once on the podcast because there are a lot of things on Play Asia that you may not think you might be interested in, but like actually are better than what we fucking get over here, um, especially for the Switch. Um, if you even remotely like go on Play Asia and you see something you might like, like genuinely don't sleep on Play Asia's products because they seem extremely expensive at first. Like the game that I'm looking at, it's $75 for a Switch game, just standard basic, you know, it's not a deluxe edition or whatever. But like all, all when whenever uh, these local mom and pop shops that and this is this really only applies to people who are super into like physical uh, collecting like I am or like I was. I'm not super into it anymore. But at the beginning of this year, I really was like, I think I had almost 60 switch games like physical and I, they, I had a lot of special editions. I had a lot of collector's editions. Um, but like once these mom and pop shops start getting some of these games in, they're pre-ordering themselves. They're going to scalp the fuck out of these prices because it happens all the fucking time. So for anyone who listens to this podcast, that's super, that's like into physical collecting. Use the fuck out of play Asia, abuse the fuck out of them. Um, Real quick, Austin, I went over to their website and I'm on it right now, dude, they have the fucking Final Fantasy seven remake and Final Fantasy seven, like original soundtracks bundled together mm-hmm. in special edition final for eight mm-hmm. bucks. And my mm-hmm. dick is fucking hard. That's what I'm saying, dude. Like, like, for example, I was thinking about this earlier. Um, play Asia gets such cool fucking shit that, that we would never have the chance of getting over here. Like for the Final Fantasy X port that was released for the Switch in the U.S., we got it as Final Fantasy X was on the cartridge and X2 was a download code. That's not the case for for all the, for the versions that Play Asia gets. It's both on the cartridge, making it a more valuable item in collectors or er, in collections. Um, the Mega Man Legacy collections, the original and X that we got. We got, you know, part one on the cartridge and part two was on a digital download code. That wasn't the case for for any Asian country fucking really. Um, they all got each part was its own cartridge and they were bundled together. It was two cartridges in one. Um, so f- if you're into physical collecting at all, check out Play Asia and don't fucking sleep on them because I promise you, you will eventually if you're into physical collecting, you will eventually see an Asian ex- an Asian region exclusive item that you really want, and you're gonna kick yourself in the ass that you didn't pay Play Asia's prices. Because I promise you, you'll pay at least three times that much once that game's been out for a couple of months. So that's my disclaimer. Do that. This is not a paid advertisement. It's not, but it could be. It really could be, and hey I would there, enjoy Play it. Asia buddies, pals, friendos. Also, PlayAsia, they, they've been stalking, like uh, I've seen recently, They uh, uh, my cousin actually got the uh, Let's Go Pikachu uh, Switch bundle off of PlayAsia. You're not going to find that shit in a store over here anymore, and if you try to buy it online, you're going to get scalped. But PlayAsia had it for fucking retail. All you had to do was wait two months, but you still got it. So use PlayAsia. I actually don't know how long their shipping takes because I think I've only ever ordered maybe two or three things for them. 
And I was ordering so much stuff at that time point in my life that like I kind of forgot how long it took because every other day was something coming in the mail. Um, Madison was very mad at me that whole entire time. But uh, yeah, use Play Asia, abuse the fuck out of them because their prices seem expensive, but they're actually really good to compared to what you're going to pay three months down the line for it. I'm proud of you. You said you'd keep that under five minutes and you did. I did. I did. I was just at three minutes. Congrats. Thanks. I'm glad that you're keeping track of that, Dylan. (laughs) Uh, Dylan just can't wait till I'm done talking. Did you guys know that they made another sequel to Dead or Alive Extreme Beach Volleyball? I sure did. I did not. And I just saw it in the Play Asia story. I'm like, oh, oh my. (laughs) And boy, do I enjoy that. Oh, man, what a fucking time to be alive, fellas. Um, I haven't uh, played those games in so long. <laughs> We're making Dylan uncomfortable. Why? <laughs> it's just big anime titties, Dylan. There's nothing to be uncomfortable about. It's been four minutes. Uh, well, no, I'm not on the subject anymore. Yeah, he, he said that no. he would take... Play eight. Nope, we're not. <sighs> we are not. Let's get to week of the peak. Of the week. Don't say it like that. <laughs> I hate it here. <laughs> I hate it here. Uh, all right, pick of the week. My pick of the week. That's what I said. I'm gonna oh my God. murder you in your sleep. Um, yes. <laughs> is it's never been like that by Phoenix. Uh, this was the not the first Phoenix uh, album that I ever. Uh, listen to, but it is uh, maybe my favorite. Uh, it's a toss up between that and uh, Wolfgang Amadeus. Uh, anyway, yeah, Phoenix is a kind of sort of pop rock group uh, from France. They, uh, when was their first album? I think they released their first album in like the late 90s, like maybe maybe 98 99 somewhere in that time range um anyway uh and it's never been like that came out in 2006 so really good lots of really great songs on there long distance call consolation prizes uh mm-hmm. the whole the whole album's really good so go and check that out yeah oh was it my turn <laughs> usually segue into me instead of just letting me do it so i was trying no, to you yeah, sound yeah. really unstable right now i need you to step back i am unstable these i'm things? constant <laughs> why do you do this dylan anyway more importantly than what dylan's doing um <laughs> my pick of the week is unstable pisces and he is a twitch streamer oh do, do you sound like you know who that is? Do you know who that is? No, it's just weird because I just said unstable. Then the thing that you're talking Shut up. about. You're the worst <laughs> fucking person that's ever lived. Anyway, uh, unstable Pisces is mostly, I think they most, I, hold on. Let me, I, let me see what pronoun they are. Cause I, I don't know. I don't, I don't know. I know, I know, I know he identifies as gay, but I don't know if he has a specific pronoun. I don't want to mispronoun him or mislabel him. <laughs> Miss pronoun. <laughs> That's one I'm way to say. Sorry, it for sure. I'm to think. He they. <laughs> okay, so that. I was right. But okay. um, 
He is a, I think, mostly an Apex streamer. That's the only thing I've ever seen him talk about or really post about. But he is really fucking funny, and he was a brush. Uh, oh, my, I almost fucking did it again. A, a brush of fresh air. God damn it. <laughs> this is what happens when I try to talk too fast. Um, a fresh of breath air. A fresh of breath air. Yeah, he, he, he was a breath of fresh air for me as far as Twitch goes because um, – I don't know how you guys feel about the subject, but there is at least from the kind of stuff I watch, there tends to be a lot of like really fucking toxic masculinity on Twitch. And so this was really cool for me. And I think he's really fucking funny and really enjoyable. He's one of the few streamers that I've found that I can actually sit there and watch for hours on end just because I just think he's funny. So yeah, go check him out. You and Dylan kill me with this watching Twitch for hours. Shit. He's the only person on Twitch I can watch like that. All right, well, Dylan, go ahead and fucking tell me another Twitch streamer. Oh, wait, hang on. What? Oh, Dylan's what? is different this year. You're, this year. This year? <laughs> God fucking damn. It's a whole new year. I hate it. I hate this. We've not even been going for the two-hour mark, and we're barely lucid right now. Dude, we are, I, we're fucking up this episode. This is... This well, is I've been bad. pretty on point, but I mean, okay. Uh, No, just uh, short and sweet. Uh, Jid, probably my favorite rapper, is tied for JID. Um, and he has a song featuring Denzel Curry, also tied for favorite rapper called Bruh, B R U U U H. It's a really good song. Check it out. I mean, I, I can't advocate for the song more than just go check it out. You either like it or you don't, but I love it. It's my most played song this week. Oh, nice. <sighs> Very cool. Well, with that said, Austin. Uh, real quick, SD yes. Gundam G Generation Cross Race Platinum Edition for the Nintendo Switch physical. Yeah, PlayAsia. Right. It's only sixty dollars. I'm not just bad. saying, it's not bad. You're always uh, talking about how expensive that game is. It's funny enough because the the game that actually made me start looking at PlayAsia again this past week was another uh, Gundam G Generation game. So. Uh, funny enough I, I would get the platinum edition if i already didn't have the game digitally with all the dlc because that's the only thing it is it's just the game bundled with all the dlc it is a good fucking price though so that sounds know, maybe really similar to gundam <laughs> I, can you can, take a buy so i can go off if you want uh i don't i don't have a problem with getting a new co-host you would never have the humor that you have with me. Uh, <laughs> I hate it here. He said it so seductively that I'm kind of hard. <laughs> yeah, like I kind of want you back now. <laughs> like, honestly, I'm kind of rock hard after hearing it. I'm not going to lie. All right. Well, as always, you can find us on social media for all things Culture Bob, Hunting Pixels, and the Culture Bob family of content. Hunting Pixels is available on Twitter at Pixels Hunting and on Instagram at Hunting underscore Pixels CB. Uh, you can find me on Twitter. I am at the Bebopman182 on Instagram at Bebopman182 and on Twitch, where I will be streaming tomorrow from four to seven oh. at the underscore Bebopman. Mr. Dizzle My Whizzle is available on. God. Please never tell me to dizzle your whistle again. I would love it if you would dizzle my whistle. I can't. I don't know, man. This the way you guys have been talking to each stretch. other, it well, seems like you want is, to. This is how the fucking NASCAR tires happen. 
Oh my Bringing it back. God. All right. Uh, you're, he's on Twitter at OMDizzy on Instagram at OMDizzy TV and on Twitch at OMDizzy. Mm-hmm. Austin is on Twitter at Big Papa Please, Instagram at Big Pop Stevens underscore slash. Not slash as in like a, a like this is a new one. This is a new one. Uh, Big Papa Please. He's on Twitch at Big Papa Please. Also, it just says Big Pap Plays on here. There's not an extra A. Someone edited that out. <laughs> Big Pap Plays. Uh, it's not like Bigger Papa Fucks. Um, That's that coming like soon. It's in the I world. actually did not touch your Twitch handle. I was Pap not smear? me. I know I know what that is, but what is this? It's where they like, open you up and check your service. Oh, weird. <laughs> he, got, he called in a fucking lifeline. <laughs> He was right here. Fucking, who wants to be a millionaire now? What like, the hell? He asked right the audience. The answer. <laughs> he phoned a friend. He phoned Jesus a Christ. Phoned a goddamn waifu. Uh, is is Madison your waifu, Austin? Uh, maybe. What? <laughs> maybe. Oh, I thought of a. I thought of a thing that, like, you know, how you guys are always like, you know, you like anime titties and video game girls and shit. I think. One of my first childhood obsessions was actually from uh, the Hex Girls from Scooby Doo. So that's kind of like cartoony, right? Ooh, I can be a okay. part of your club now. Yes, be a- <laughs> the most basic answer I've ever heard. But oh, yeah, yes, sure. shut your fucking I'm mouth. I'm fucking Bella here. Is hot. <laughs> God damn it! But that's not the Hex Girls, though. Uh, fucking successful, man. Come yeah, on, but- no, this is my moment. It is your moment, and I'll let you have it. Um, yes, you, you deserved it. This actually sprung something in my mind that, like, I was going to oh, talk God. sprung. <laughs> Stop saying things so seductively, <laughs> Jesus! You have peaced me, Dylan. Um, do you want you me to be- masturbate right here? Because I will. If that's what that's you're what asking me to do, please don't fuck your wife on the podcast. <laughs> hey, I said masturbate, that not that. I said masturbate. <laughs> I didn't hear you say that, but Madison was just in the room and I'm like, please don't. This is a PG show. No, it's not. Well, I'm kidding myself. Whoa. <laughs> what the fuck? We have done this so incorrectly. We lost that rating a long time ago. What was it? The very first oh, episode, probably? Literally within oh, 10 minutes of the first fucking episode. Christ. Yeah, PG stands for penis gurus. That's what we are. No. No. I do like a good penis from time to time. This this show We're, started off on the rails, got on the rails, and now it's just devolved back into utter. Now it's just it it went off the rails and down the cliff and hit a couple rocks on its way down. Jesus Christ! Anyway, oh, okay, yeah, that's what it reminded me of. I was one of the things that I had on my mind that it was going to be like a topic or whatever, uh, or maybe not like a topic, but like one of our intro things where we're just talking is like. Do you guys remember when you know what? No, I'm going to save it. I'm going to save it. No, 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 no. no. What? <laughs> you can't do that to me. I, I personally I, I don't care. I will. Um, no, I was going to ask, uh, do you guys Fuck. remember your first, like, like your moment of sexual awakening? <laughs> Probably when I was abused. Oh, oh, okay. Uh, that's our show. Everybody. Okay, bye. <laughs>